All right, fellows, I think pretty much everybody's here. Those that aren't will catch up. My name is Mark Chambers. Um, I was asked to come and talk a little bit about uh, my Band of Brothers group. Um, we, uh, let me give you a little history first. I, I don't attend here at New Life. I actually go to, to the gathering, Mike Worley's church. And uh, back in 2005, we had a men's retreat that the Band of Brothers came out and actually did the, the retreat. It was uh, amazing, amazing retreat. I, I really enjoyed the, the imagery. I enjoyed the, uh, the camaraderie. Um, it was just a really good group. But from there, I didn't really, I didn't connect. I didn't go deeper with anybody because I already had a group. So I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, I was attending Woodman, gosh, well, when we came in 93 is when we started, but I was attending Woodman, and we had gone to a retreat, and a group of guys came out of a, one of the retreats and said, we want to get together once a week and hold each other account, accountable from a business standpoint. So it wasn't personal accountability, though that was part of it. It was really business accountability. We all had our own businesses, and we wanted to be able to share struggles, challenges, from the business world and be able to, to um, uh, help each other out. And we met for about eight years. Um, great group of guys. And I like to say we went deep and we also went shallow. And this is, I love what, uh, was it Josh? Spoke, yeah, first, when he was talking about the enemy um, wanting to derail you. That's, uh, when I look back, I hadn't really thought about it in this group. It's real easy to get derailed because you don't... Getting deep all the time is not fun. It's not enjoyable to pour out your crap in front of other guys. And so it's easy just to kind of stay... I love the way you put it. Stay in the shadows, you know. So there are times where it went deep. Uh, one of the guy's sons actually was convicted of murder. So he showed up one morning just totally broken. And we were like coming in to go meet as a group. And all of a sudden we got this guy in a heap on the floor dealing with a big issue. So there are times where we went deep, but it was not a regular, consistent thing. It was just a lot of, um, a lot of times it was getting together and talking politics, getting together and talking sports. So that was a good group, but I don't consider it a successful group. So we had, had kind of broken up after, like I said, eight years, and um, I was just kind of floating. You know, I had some good close friends, I had a mentor, um, but I didn't have a group. And some of you know Jay, Jay Paget. Jay uh, attends here. Jay was trying to get a Band of Brothers group here at, at, at New Life. And I had signed up for the group more than anything because there wasn't a, another Band of Brothers group uh, nearby. But I never attended because I wasn't at New Life. And I kept watching these notes. Come on, guys, let's get together. Come on, guys, let's do this. Come on, guys, stand for each other. And... He, he would say, you know, three or four guys would show up, somewhat irregularly. Finally, in desperation, last August, he sent out a note, and he said, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go to Pikes Peak Brewery. If anybody wants to join me, I'm going to go have a beer. And 18 guys signed up in three days. That first night, about 10 guys showed up. I was there. We have met consistently now for a year. We were at the brewery for probably a couple of months, and then went to a guy's house, went to another brewery, went to another house. It's kind of bounced around a little bit. But we have a core now of about eight guys that meet. Right now it's at my house you know, up in Monument that meet every Thursday. Um, it's a regularly eight, sometimes ten. There's a couple of guys that kind of come and go. Four of us will have beer, and four of us, four to six, will have soda, because they don't drink. So it's not all about the beer, though the group is called Great Fellowship, Great Beer. It's about the fellowship. Um, when we started, and they, so it's been almost a year now. Um, I consider these guys extremely close. Um, we go deep every week. There's always an opportunity. And I, so looking back again, I think it comes down to that. Do you allow the enemy to steal, to sound 
strange, steal your depth, steal your openness, steal your transparency? Or are you going to stand up and every week stand in the gap for the guys and say, okay, listen, I know, because well, it, it may go an hour where we're just talking sports, we're just talking politics, we're just talking whatever's going on. But somebody invariably will say, okay, guys, listen, I need, I need some prayer here. I need some help here. We pray every week um, for each other, for what's going on. But it's, you have to grow to that point because transparency is a scary thing. Um, so I want to kind of now look at some of, the, some of the things that made it work for us because this is not a normal group. We, we attend probably five or six different churches. Um, I, a handful of them are here at New Life and then there's a lot of us that are just like one from each church. In our case, it was topical around beer. It could be around anything, motorcycles, whatever. But you need to be willing to go into it knowing that I don't want to do just just, just because I want to ride bikes. I don't want to do just this just because I want to hike and hang out with guys. It's I want to do this because I want to grow deeply with a group of guys and not go solo. Because that is, I love that comment. When you're solo, you're going to go in the shadows, and it's going to be real easy to live there. And when you have guys that will call you out, you have to want to be called out. You want to have to want to be better. You want to have to want to um, grow closer to your wife, to your, uh, to God, to your friends. There are times where you will check out. And, and again, I love the way he said, it's real easy. You always know your way home. If you know that, then even when one of the guys in the group literally checked out, he was there every week for six weeks, kind of smiling, and we had no idea. He was completely posing, completely hiding. And it, was, it took him about six weeks to, six, seven, eight weeks to, to, say, to finally say one, one week, guys, I've been posing. I completely backslid. I, I want to step out of the darkness and get back where I need to be. And I need to confess to you guys this is what I did. We didn't hold it against him. We surrounded him. We prayed for him. We talked. I mean, it was, it was restoration in, in its best form because he knows that we're going to be there for him. We're on the phone. We're texting. We're connecting with him on a regular basis because we know he's struggling. And then, you know, get to a point where he can then come back and go, guys, I am... I'm feeling strong right now. I'm feeling good. Um, so when you're, when you're looking at a group, first and foremost, you have to want to know that this is not just to go do something. However, building a group around a common th- a theme is really powerful. I've been in other groups with churches where we had nothing in common. It was real easy to go, yeah, I'm not going this week, sweetheart. I, uh, you know. If it's, it's going to sound terrible. If it's just for God, it's real easy to say, I'm tired, I had a hard day. But if you're building relationship and community with guys that, that you have, share, have a shared common interest and you begin to do life deeply, it completely changes, are you going to go or aren't you going to go? Because a lot of guys kind of fall off, and it, you'll find that. I mean, like I said, 18 guys signed up. We went from 10 to 12 to 14 back down, and I think we got as small as about six. And we've now, for probably six months, have been this solid core of eight, and a couple more that about every two or three weeks they'll pop in. Um, so don't, don't go into it thinking that I just want to do this for fun, unless that's what you want. That's great. But if you're looking for a band that's going to go deep, you have to know that, okay, at some point, not right off the bat, at some point you're willing to go deep and you're willing to be transparent. Um, Second point, I would ask you to consider if that is something that's enticing, having a group of guys that's got your back, I can't tell you how awesome that is. I can be anywhere and if I have an issue, I can have three, four, five, eight guys at my doorstep in a a heartbeat. Uh, I would ask you to consider being that first person that's willing to be transparent. Um, I'm a fairly transparent guy, so I don't have a problem with that. You don't want to go into a group and barf all over them. One of the guys in the group 
um, he, he just came in, I think it was, it may have been the first night, I, I don't remember. But he basically said, okay guys, here's the deal, I, I'm struggling with masturbation. And the guy's like, whoa, oh, okay, too much, too soon. <laughs> we just met, we haven't even dated yet. But here's the, here's the thing. He has been one of the core people in this group that completely holds us together when there are times. There's probably three of us that, are, that would try, st to try, and, try and step in each week and kind of go deep. He's one of the key guys that um, is completely transparent, will do anything for anybody. Um, so he was the one that was the first transparent. Now, it, if you ever watch, if you go to nomatterthecost.com, there's some videos on there, and our group is actually featured on there. Pete came out and recorded us and built a little video around it. And you'll see him as when he talks about, you know, I started talking that first night, and all of a sudden and the guys go, whoa, yeah, oh. But it really was the opportunity to, you, you can't go deep unless you're willing to be transparent. And he kicked off that transparency. Um, I wouldn't recommend necessarily going that quickly because you do want to build trust. What he did was uh, he opened himself up and he could have very easily be, been wounded through it. Fortunately, it was good. The outcome was good. Many times groups, you just never know. You've got to build trust. You've got to take time. Um, so time and trust are, are critical, but consider being that, that first transparent because other groups I've been in over the years, years ago, nobody's willing to. And so then it just became a, let's get together and talk, and no depth. And I've heard from so many people that, I don't want to do this men's group. One of my best friends, he says, I won't even go to men's retreats anymore. I'm sick and tired of showing up for a weekend. Everybody gets all rah, rah, rah. We get down the mountain, and I never hear from anybody again. And I was like, Greg, I know. I, I, that sucks. But don't, and so he lives life alone. He has no group of guys that he hangs out with. And quite honestly, he's, he's a solid Christian, strong guy, but he doesn't have a group that he hangs with on a regular basis. Um, all right, let's see if I'm forgetting anything. Try to write some notes up 10 minutes before. Topic is important, but not everything. Time to build trust, relationship, commitment to be transparent, critical. Um, oh, tools for small groups. Uh, one of the things that Band of Brothers has is a site called nomadofthecost.org. So nomadofthecost.com is around the book that Band of Brothers did. But the .org site is actually like a social media site. Um, I'll say this. It is not secure. When you sign in and you say, I want to be a member, um, it says, are you a woman? If, it, if you say, yes, I'm a woman, then it says, sorry, this is for men only. There's no, no stopping a, a wife from creating an account, saying I'm a man, and going in and, and reading whatever you're sharing in the group. That being said, uh, it just depends on where you're at in life. For me personally, my wife knows, I'm not going to say everything about me, because I two had the opportunity to confess to her, hey, I'm, this was five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, uh, into pornography, and, and I wanted to, I finally just came to her one day and said, I got, we got to go have dinner. She's like, okay, what's going on? I said, we just need to talk, and I confessed to her because I couldn't live with it anymore. So my wife and I are fairly open. I don't have an issue with her getting on and reading anything that I'm posting on the site. The site is definitely a good tool for individuals, but it's also a good facilitation tool for groups. You know, and we're getting together, hey, we're changing locations. Um, we can post it once and, it, and, it, and easily people can see it and find it and, and know where to meet up. Um, emails and texts. It, once you get into a solid group where you're not necessarily, I don't want to say not accepting new members, <laughs> but a lot of times it's difficult. If you have a group that's been meeting for any amount of time, and you're used to going deep, and all of a sudden somebody says, hey, I want to bring my friend Joe. And Joe shows up, and all of a sudden, hmm, we don't know Joe. It's, it kind of 
puts a it, it take it changes things. So depending on what kind of group you're looking at, it may be a closed group that you've grown deep, solid relationship, and you're not looking to grow. Or it could be an open group that no, at any time, anyone can come in. Our group is pretty open. Um, I've invited guys, and it's because of the different guys will have different um, levels of what they're willing to share, or their level of comfort in sharing their their bless you their um, comfort level of transparency. Our group is pretty transparent, and so when new guys come, it doesn't put a dampener on things. But if you've got guys who've been wounded deeply and they're going, I don't, it takes a long time to trust, uh, then it might not be as easy to have that kind of an open group where new, new guys can show up at any time. So just kind of something to think about as you're, if you're looking at a group, um, talking early on expectations. Because uh, one of the guys that left the group he definitely was very closed, very untrusting, and he's like, I don't want to go through this again every time somebody new comes in. I don't want to have to figure out who this person is. Do I trust him? He was just very untrusting. Um, the book, No Matter the Cost, one of the things that we found really powerful, one of the exercises telling your story. Um, that, and it was probably two, three months in that we were meeting, that's really where the transparency began to happen. It was two to three months in, other than a couple of guys that were comfortable sharing anything and everything. But at that point is when guys really began to open up and say, okay, you need to know who I am. This is, and warts and all. I mean, a couple of guys have come back over the year and said, oh, I didn't tell you about that, did I? Yeah, well, I also did this. But for the most part, that was really an opportunity. To, it's very freeing to let guys into your life a little bit and say, you know, here's where I'm at. This is where I'm coming from. That's one of the big things. Josh was saying, uh, raised, you know, Christian at five years old, raised in a Christian family, pastor dad, he's a PK. Um, I wasn't a PK, but pretty much the same kind of thing. I've been in church my whole life, uh, was always the good guy. Um, so a lot of times I don't relate with guys that go, you know, I was sexually abused by my uncle. Uh, I mean, all this, this really dirt, dirt, dark, dirty, yucky stuff. That's your history, and that's where you're coming from. Being able to share where you're from with guys that aren't going to judge you so that you can now say, I just want to try and make it forward, that's a huge um, again, big trust, but what a relief to be able to have guys that you're not having to hide everything from. You can share anything and everything so that you can try and be free of, of and face the enemy as he's trying to take you out. And believe me, he's trying to take you out all the time. Um, I'm not perfect. I mean, I suck at life many times, but I know that guys are there that I can, can depend on and can really... Um, Go, do life deeply with. I mean, that sounds trite, doing life deeply, but that's, it's more than just a saying. It, it's a reality that uh, is, is awesome. So, questions or thoughts? I don't know where this is going in terms of the Band of Brothers. I know that they're speaking once a week for six weeks. Um, like Vance, Vance is the founder of Band of Brothers. He's going to be speaking next week. Um, I just encourage you, if you're looking for a group and you're thinking about it, continue to listen and kind of hear some of the stories of some of the other guys and what they've gone through because uh, it can make a big difference in, in facing facing this thing called life. Is it a Colorado-based start? Uh, it started here in, in Colorado. I actually run the social media site. We've got uh, Banner Brothers in the UK. We've got them in uh, New Zealand, the Netherlands all over the US. Um, unfortunately, it's not the best website, so I can't easily say, here's a map and look at all the flags of where the groups are. But you can go in and say, I'm looking for, I mean, it, it, it is listed, just not visually. Um, it's just, it's, the guys are real. They're deep, they're good. And um, what they're doing is trying to help facilitate 
groups of guys doing life deeply together. Don't go it alone. No matter the cost, followers of Christ. That's the, the Band of Brothers motto. Or A um, lot of imagery and stuff. I went through, I may step on some toes here a little bit, but I went through um, Wild at Heart, um, was teaching it back in the early 90s, mid-90s, and I wanted to throw it through the window. I hated that book. I had 20 guys in the group, and 18 of them were like, oh my gosh, this has changed my life. This is awesome. And every week I was like, bite my tongue, bite my tongue. <laughs> hated it. It didn't speak to me at all. Man in the Mirror, Patrick Morley, loved that book. 18 guys, that, that's a stupid book. We don't want to read that. I was like, oh. Um, Banner Brothers, uh, Vance and John Eldridge were both kind of mentored by Brent can't remember his name now, the guy that died in the rock climbing accident. And John went on to do Wild at Heart, and Vance started Band of Brothers. So they're kind of parallel. But um, I resonate with Band of Brothers. I didn't resonate with, with Wild at Heart, and I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's just everybody's a different part in, place in life, and everybody comes from different experiences. Um, Vance loves Wild at Heart. I mean, he, they just, he just got back from a retreat. Um, whatever they call the leadership retreat with them. Yeah, Ransom Heart. Um, loves it. Didn't, didn't jive for me, but while the uh, Banner Brothers has really been a good, good group, good philosophy, good teaching, good um, tools just to try and build, build infrastructure to help guys get together and find other guys they can, they can do life with. Is there a size that, uh, or a range of size? Absolutely. Um, in fact, that's one of the things they were talking about here. The net is going to be great for gathering together. You can't get transparent in a group like that. You can't get transparent in a group like this. Um, that, I think the Banner Brothers, they say that's five to six is what they would recommend. I can say that eight works really well. Ten gets a little bit unwieldy. Um, six would be great, but it's just the guys that we have seem to be doing pretty good at, at how we're doing it at that 8 to 10 range. Um, it just gets tough because what happens is guys can get lost. Um, they can show up and not talk for two months, three months, and nobody's going to notice or care because you're trying to figure out who's going through what, and every week somebody's bringing something that they're, that they're weighted with and, and heavy about and wanting to either pray about, talk about, ask questions about, um, you know, if you had that five, six, it is a great number, but I would say no more than ten. Obviously, it could probably be expanded, but if you really want to get transparent and, and try and do life deeply, it gets kind of tough when you're getting bigger than that. Other questions? What do you think the dynamic of the rally point where guys are like... We all come to like the first thing, and it turns into five guys after the first. Because I mean, we experienced it here with the net. I think the first night where we had like almost 200 guys, and by the last night there was like maybe 60. What, what are your just because you've obviously been in a lot of groups and different things like that? What, what do you think that dynamic? What what holds the groups together more so than just that initial rally point? Yeah. Um, I think it is going from that rally point, and it's, there is no right answer, because so many churches I've been at have those same retreats, everybody comes down and comes down the mountain, hopefully you're birthing a two or three, four groups, um, it really comes down to that smaller community, if you can get guys together that have some shared something that will cause them to want to go meet at least, you know, every other week or something. If it, I think the, the uh, uh, frequency is, a, is another big one. Weekly works for our group. Some guys say, there's no way I can. Time of day is huge. Uh, after work on a Thursday, having a beer, man, that works for me. Other guys in the group, 6.30 on Friday morning, yeah, not so much. Um, it, it just, 
you got to find that. I mean, you look at this, though. There are probably 75, 80 people here tonight. Um, can you find shared interest for five, six guys that either an interest, that time of day, that frequency, um, all of those things have to kind of come together. How do you build a, a mechanism that allow guys to, to flock together? That's, that's the challenge. Um, you know, at a men's retreat, a lot of times they'll say, okay, who wants to go golf? Who wants to go shooting? Who wants to go bike riding? Who wants to go hiking? And you can start to see that when you're in a men's retreat for the weekend, you can kind of start going, oh, hey, you like to hike too? I like to hike. So you can identify some guys in the big group that, that have a shared interest. The question's going to be, what is that shared interest? You know, I like to hike. Um, I like to hunt. I like to fish. I like to drink beer. And, you know, so how do you identify which one of those I'm going to key in on to find how do you get people together? I mean, it, it's, that's a tough call. That's honestly what's really cool about not being, uh, okay, this is the net. I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to. By not being church-centric, you can find guys that have an interest. I mean, if it isn't the same church, great. And honestly, at New Life, with so many guys, it's probably a whole lot easier. At the gathering, we're down at about 400 on a weekend, so you figure 100 guys, 150 guys. Out of that, probably, if we do a breakfast, 25 guys show up. How do you find shared interest with 25 guys? Maybe two of you might have something in common or that you want to build on. For me, it was easy just to go outside and say, what, what is worse? And guys that you like. I mean, that's the other thing is you've got to relate with these guys. I mean, it, you're going to have to relate with them. You're going to have to have a shared interest with them. You're going to have to be open to trusting and being transparent. There's, there's a lot of things that kind of have to come together to make it happen. I guess the biggest thing is, do you want it? How bad do you want it? Um, if you really do want it, start trying to find a way. Find those, find those connections so that you can. So here's another story. Uh, gosh, I was probably 25 years old. Uh, we hired a new music pastor back in California. Hired a new music pastor. And I just, I said, I, I want to get to know this guy. He's right on my age. Newlyweds like I was. And I thought, I, I want to, but this is uncomfortable. I, how do you, like, hey, you want to be friends? How do you do that? <laughs> you know? So I just, I called him one day and I said, hey, you want to grab lunch or something? And he goes, yeah, sure, let's grab lunch. So he says, meet me at the church. I said, okay. So I go to the church offices. Go to the offices. We jump in his car. We're driving down San Teresa Boulevard, going to the restaurant. And I'm sitting in the car going, this is really awkward. You know, what am I, and, but I said to myself, I said, no, stick it out and get to know this guy. So we have lunch, decided to go, I worked at a golf course, I didn't golf at the time, worked at a golf course, and I said, hey, you want to play the back nine some Wednesday morning? He loves golf. Yeah, let's play. Uh, his name is Jeff Mullen, he's a executive, pa or senior pastor now at Point of Grace Church in Iowa. We talk probably two, three, maybe four times a week, either Skype, phone, text. Um, he is one of my very best friends. It all started from con intentionally saying, I want to get to know this guy. It was really uncomfortable. It would have been easy just to go, yeah, no, never mind. I am so thankful that I didn't turn my back on that uncomfortable situation because he's now one of my closest friends. Even though we're not geographically close, he's probably closer than my Banner Brothers guys, because I see them once a week and maybe once or twice we'll text or something through the week. Jeff and I are tight. Um, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh, just don't be shy. I mean, if you want to do this, you need to be intentional and decide, I'm going to do this. I don't know who it is going to be. Uh, don't, um, don't minimize the impact of saying, Lord, bring somebody into my life that I need to know, because that's kind of how Jeff started. I was like, okay, Lord, I, is this something I should do? Um, I, I'm longing to have somebody that I can do life deeply with, bring somebody into my life that I can do that with. And when Jeff, I was like, hmm, I think he's the guy, but I'm not sure. 
by golly, he was. Um, did that answer your question? A lot of dynamics. A lot of moving parts. But if you want it, don't give up. Yep. Anything building, is there any kind of structure, whether it's on your website or otherwise, to help that process? Um, the process you were just describing about finding the guys with common interest in time. Yeah. No, there's not, as a matter of fact. Um, and is that something that New Life is expecting to happen from the leadership of the net out of here? That's a good question. I don't know. Because, I mean, what you're saying, that's... The stuff I'm talking about tonight has just been kind of what's, what I've experienced and what I've been watching. I've never even thought about writing down some of the stuff I've just talked about. Um, that's actually... That's good. I'll have to think of that. Think about that. Well, I mean, it, it, that's important. But it's, but it's also, I mean, it is important to find those shared something that you're going to want to get together with. If it's just because, you know what, we should do this. I've been in so many other groups that have failed within two weeks, within five weeks, within two months. Um, I've just been very fortunate to have this one that went eight years, and now this one's been a, a year. And it's solid. I mean, I don't see it changing. Um, yeah. But it is, it, it's, it's not easy. You have to want it. That's the first and foremost. Because then you're willing to stick, stick with it. Well, can you give us some advice? For, I mean, maybe half, maybe all the guys. We all, we all came over here for a reason. We all did. Just, that we, just give us some advice then about, if you can, give us yeah. some advice about what, what do we do next? How do we, what, what do you suggest? If you have any suggestions, maybe. Yeah. I... I don't know how the church wants to, or how the net wants to do this. Yeah. That's the part that, Josh? that I'm not sure. Uh, you know, last year we had a uh, structure where at the end of uh, Russell's talk, whoever the speaker was, we had different tables, and one of the tables, it was actually multiple tables, was a brotherhood table. So we were, and it was, it was somewhat uh, awkward because we were trying to meet every Wednesday night new people would come into this brotherhood group of six guys and uh, try to get to know each other. And it, being in a church, the churchy feel, it's hard to get real. It's hard to get transparent. So what, what I've found, too, is I don't know your name. Mark. Mark. What Mark was saying is just you can get outside of the church, get outside of this, uh, this setting. Um, that's a huge deal. But I don't know your story. I don't know your situation as far as who you have around you, if you have a group of guys around you. It sounds like on your social media site that I gathered was that there's a drop-down menu or something that, oh, I like motorcycles, and where does this group meet? Or um, maybe that's a tangible starting point. They don't have it that dialed in. What they'll do is just somebody will pop on. It's like Jay did. Jay just popped on and said, I'm meeting at this brewery because I want to go have a beer and I'm sick and tired of nobody showing up to my group. So anyone wants to show up. So same thing. Hey, guys, you know what? We love to hike. We're going to start a hiking group. And what, what it does is allows, and right now we're at like 2,600 members on the site. I mean, it's, it's not a ton, but it's a pretty good, good group of guys. Colorado, probably a couple hundred in the, in the total Colorado area. Um, some guys will sign on once and never come back. Other guys, I mean, I... I live on the site. I'm on it every day, every two or three days. Um, so if you want, I mean, that it comes down to what do you want to do. If you want to do a bicycle group and we just want to go ride mountain bikes every other week, you put it out there and say, hey, guys, I'm going to start a, a mountain group, uh, a mountain bike group. Anybody's interested, come follow. And then pick up the phone and call a couple of your mountain bike buddies and say, hey, I'm going to do this group. Do you want to come do this? Because you want to get a, a, a core group of guys and then grow. Another one that meets is um, Dave. Dave, I can't remember his last name. Um, he owns Angler's Covey, uh, 24, the fly fishing shop right there off uh, Highway 24. Gorgeous shop. Same kind of thing. They get together once a week at his fly, sh fly fishing shop. They talk fly fishing and life. And um, I've been meaning to go. It's just too far to drive. 
because I love fly fishing, but uh, that was their common thing. He says, hey, I own a fly fishing shop. I'm open to having guys come over. They also say, bring beer. And uh, they get together every week. And, and then they also plan trips where they go out 11 Mile and Spinney Reservoir and, and go fly fishing. But for them, it's fly fishing. That's their common thing that kind of got them to, to get together. And again, the site is nothing more, I mean, it, it's a tool that you can use. Here's another example. One of the guys on the, um, on the site, I'm thinking it was Tennessee, near Bristol, and a new guy joined the site. I welcomed him to the site, and I said, hey, I see there's a couple sites not too far from you, and I, what I try and do is invite everybody, give them a, a link to, here are two sites near you, I mean, two groups that might meet near you, or here are the members, if there's not a group here, the members in your state, if you want to reach out to other Band of Brothers guys and maybe start a group. Um, but in his case, um, I saw one of the groups, and I jumped in and said uh, he had a group of like two members in the group, and the last announcement was 18 months ago. So I thought, well, shoot, start to do some cleanup. I, I emailed the guy, I said, hey, I see that you guys haven't really talked in like, uh, on the site in like 18 months. Are you still even meeting? Do you want me to take your group off the thing so you're not getting emails, you know, unsolicited emails? He says, oh, no, we just stopped using the tool. We use email now. We use email and text. We've got, like, 20 guys that get together every two weeks, and it's thriving. We love the group. Absolutely. Send them it. Send, you know, keep, keep it coming our way. And I was like, whoa. So it's a tool, but... It's not the end all because, I'm quite honestly, even our, on our group, the Great Fellowship Great Beer, we we post maybe once or twice. I mean, I, I posted when it was going to be meeting at my house in August. I put that post in, what, three weeks ago, and there hasn't been a post since because we're doing a lot of email and cell phone uh, text, text messages. So, I mean, it's not the greatest tool in the world. What we'd like to be able to do, here was the dream, and hopefully we'll get there at some point. I'm traveling to San Jose, California, and I'm going to be there for the weekend, and I know I have an issue with pornography in the hotel room. I would love to be able to say, hey guys, come to San Jose, any brothers in town, uh, grab, grab a beer, grab dinner, and I'm not alone in a strange city. Now I'm being able to say, because the Band of Brothers, it, you go anywhere, and they will come on to our group, come meet with us, come talk with us. It, it's a it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, the, the, the majority of the guys take it pretty serious, and uh, we just don't have the tool mature enough to be able to do that yet. But, oh, man, I look forward to being, being able to have something like that. Um, good group. If you just go to bandofbrothers.org, .com is going to be the TV series, .org. From there, you can get to it. It's called nomadofthecost.org, which is the, it's a Ning website, a Ning site. Um, but if you just remember Band of Brothers, you can get you can get to all the sites. Uh, and we just got Bear Trap Ranch uh, up behind the Broadmoor. The InterVarsity um, used to own the camp for almost 60 years. They decided it doesn't fit the structure anymore, and they literally said, "We want to find a ministry that we can give the camp to." So they gave us the keys, everything included. So Band of Brothers now has a camp that we're going to be doing stuff at, and I mean it's. It's pretty cool. Unfortunately, it only sleeps like 175 or something like that. So, new life, you guys would bust our doors out. You guys work with Lynette, not you, but you two guys do. Well, I'm just thinking when he was, when Mark, when you were describing your group, I'm going to bet that a whole bunch of people are going to just have to say, gosh. I wish I had friends like that, go deep like that, and long term. I feel like I may die. Maybe Mark might, or uh, Eric might come to my funeral because he knows my son. But I'll be invited to come. My kids. Uh, seriously, when you were, I'm, I'm just going to bet that a whole bunch of guys just sitting here thinking, I got to have something to in my life. And whatever you guys can do to help us put that together, man, I'm, I'm almost begging you to help us do this. Uh, seriously, I, I mean, I, I just need some friends and yeah. with a few people like that. If I can make a comment, I think I've been here about two years now in the Springs, and 
one of the things I've noticed is, unlike other communities I've lived in, nobody's from the Springs. And therefore, you don't have kind of a basis of friends, like you're saying, that you grew up with. If I was back in Indiana, where I grew up, you know, I would have all these people went to school with, went to college with, and knew. Here, you know, I've been here two years, and outside of my relatives, I don't think I have any friends, really, that I could speak with. Yeah. And I've been coming to New Life for really longer than two years. And I'm thinking, you know, that's, that's kind of sad. That really is really sad. One of the guys in the one of the guys in the group um, <laughs> it was hilarious. First night, shows up. He says, "I don't know why I'm here." We're like, "Okay." He said, "I hate men's groups. I have moved. I think he said 53 times. That gives you a glimpse into his trust level." Um, he said, "I'll, you know, if you guys you, you can't hug him." You go up to give him, a, and it's a joke now, you go to him and it's, ah! His name is Mark also. But Mark, he's been with us for a year, almost, I think he's not shown up like two or three times in a year. The guy has grown unbelievably. His marriage has blossomed unbelievably. Um, he, he knows that he has friends. He has never had friends in his whole life. His relationship with his, he just got back from a trip to, to visit his dad, and he said that the... the restoration and healing that happened in this trip to sit with his dad and talk with him like five hours straight from nine o'clock to one or whatever um, was just nothing short of miraculous he says guys I couldn't have done that and if you watch the video you'll see who he is he says guys I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for our group there's no way in heck that he would have opened up and and I mean it's just one of those stories of somebody that he was crying out I don't trust anybody, but man, I want to. I so want to. Now he has a group that he's... There are times where you want to say, Mark, be quiet. <laughs> but he's a good guy that's just like every one of us, hurting and, and trying to do this thing called life. I think that's like what you were saying, is you do have to be intentional. Because, you know, I came to New Life a year ago and knew nobody. God had called me here. <laughs> and I just, you know, decided to go to the men's retreat. That was right around the corner. Started talking to some guys. Met with a guy. He started talking with me. And, um, you know, I said, I know nobody. Yeah. Like, well, now you know somebody. And this kind of clicked from there. So, you know, sometimes, you know, just, you have to get in comfort zone. You have to break that off. <laughs> You're willing to take the risk. And I think for guys, sometimes it's just like we're waiting for people to come to us. Sometimes, you know, you have to be intentional, you know, to, I guess, you know, to be friendly. Yeah. And, uh, and it kind of opens up from there. But, you know, it may not be with that individual. It, you know, don't get discouraged. Just keep, you know, keep plugging your way through because eventually you're going to find that connection. And then you can, like you said, let's go have a beer. Let's, you know, let's go ice fishing. Let's whatever, yeah. whatever it is you're into. And that person may know somebody if he wants to invite into that. I don't work for the NAP. My name is Matty. Um, my, my testimony is on the podcast with Randy's and a bunch of the guys. Um, if I can, just, just from this, um, I had zero relationship with the Lord when I stumbled into the first meeting of the NAP last <laughs> Yeah, zero. Um, I got saved at the NAP um, with Randy and one of the other guys. Um, I didn't know anybody here. I knew one guy who is... 40 years my senior. No, I'm sorry, 25 years my senior. Ow. <laughs> 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 He's 20-some years my senior, so it's not like, gen you know, generationally we have, we're not from the same town. I had only known him for a year and a half prior to that. Um, and I stumbled in here in, in the midst of a, uh, of a life that was literally falling apart two days prior to me showing up here. Um, the welcome of the net, the power of the messages, the teachings, the things that were happening in my life that were well beyond coincidence brought me here every week. And I fought it. I fought it for four weeks. I, I, I said, you know, everybody's like, well, how's your relationship with the Lord? And with what I had going on, that was the last thing I wanted to hear from anybody. But I kept coming back for my, because Jack kept dragging. And, and um, but that, 
the one message, if I can give you out of that, other than the success of this and how it's touched my life and how it's changed and how through this I've met other people that, that have come alongside me, is that the one person, like Kenny said, that intentionality of meeting that one person that, that is willing to not only come beside you, because it's easy to say, you know, hey, I'll give you a call, and, and nobody does. But for Jack to come alongside me and say, and, and take the time to do that with me. Um, you know, I stood up here and gave my testimony at the end of the net last year in front of a whole lot of guys that know a lot more about the Lord than I do. Um, and it was powerful for me because it moved me into places where the Spirit's come to my life and has literally changed the whole fiber of my being. But it happened here. It happened with guys that I didn't know, guys that I had no idea I was going to like. I was going to, you know, I had to put down a lot of pride. I had to put down a lot of, of, of things that I had, you know, and be intentional with it. But at the same time, I also had to open myself up to say, okay, um, the rest of my life isn't exactly working out real well on my own, but this is something powerful. In fact, the night I got saved, um, uh, Russell gave me my band of brothers ring that I wear proudly. Um, and, you know, you had a thing with Wild at Heart. I didn't get a lot out of the, the book. I'm sorry. I, and I have to confess that. To no, you. that's... I was telling Josh that today. I'm like, you know, it was a great message, and I just, I, I didn't get my thing out. But nonetheless... Um, I understand the message behind this ring and the brotherhood and the, the concepts behind them. And I learned that here. Because, you know, like Josh, in his testimony, he fell um, and he got surrounded by guys. I, I fell and I really didn't have anybody. And the only thing that led me to this church, period, being as Catholic and as Italian as <laughs> was, was literally the fact that my buddy's Jeep was in the parking lot. And it's the only thing I recognized the day after, two days after my life fell apart. So, but I had to make that step. I had to come in this room. I had to talk to somebody. I had to sit down and say, hey, I don't know you, but, uh, and I'm, no, I'm the throw up guy. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's not true. Um, but anyways, but yeah, so, uh, you know, that was me. When I finally got to a point where it was, I, I, I just said, you know what, I'm going to open my heart and be humble and just, if, if the Lord's going to touch me and step into my life, I get to just be ready to do whatever it is he asks me. That's good. And I, think, I think Matty brings up a good point. Uh, I know it's about time to go here. But uh, I think the posture of your heart, if you do want brotherhood, is that you have to... The posture has to be, I need other men to surround me. It's not just something I want. Yep. But I need them. Otherwise, my life is going to fall apart. And until you're at that point of, it's either brokenness that will get you to that point, or hopefully a realization of, I just have to have guys around me. They know my story. Women don't quite understand us. We don't understand them. <laughs> guys do. Until you can get to the point of, I need this, you're never going to find it. And there's probably, I don't know new life structure of how they... There's probably avenues if you call the office. I don't know. I'm not sure what this is going to look like for the next six weeks, um, what the plan is from here. But keep coming back, and hopefully something will develop. Yeah. But that posture yeah. part has to be, I need other guys around. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. Driving the car with someone I don't know. I don't care. I need it. And eventually that will come. So I was going to say the same thing. Just keep coming back. Because I think for a lot of you guys, this is a place to meet for the first time. So, you know, chances of people meeting outside of this the next two or three weeks probably isn't very good, but everybody's going to be here. So you can see the same faces again next Wednesday and Wednesday after that. Get those relationships going and then take that and go do something somewhere else. And I, I, back here. And I challenged myself every week that I was going to just randomly go talk to someone. Because I didn't know who I was going to connect with. I didn't. And it turned out that I met a lot of guys. And uh, a lot, a lot more than, than I, I even thought I, I would. Um, but it was that making it a point to come back as the new guy, um, and have Russell pick on me for being the, the new Christian, and, and uh, all that stuff. But, um, but nonetheless, I did. I made it that that point that every every week I was going to meet somebody new, and, and that's powerful. Was just finding out, you know, hey, what are you praying for? What is? I don't know. I, I, I asked Josh what his favorite color was. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
process isn't necessarily that I needed these guys. It's that there are times where I can be somebody for somebody else. Um, That's even good if it's too. a phone call, um, I'm in an addiction recovery right now. I'll tell you what. When I make my phone calls to my other guys, I go to four support groups a week, a counselor, and this business. And when I make my calls, it's not because I, I, I have to do it and check my box. It's because I may, the, the guy on the other end of that phone may need that phone call just as much as I do. And, or if not more. Um, and those are the things that, that this connection can create in this place was, was very powerful for me, but I had to go after it. Yeah. So if, I, if, if that, for what it is. I'd say also be willing, I'm going to not cut it off, but just whenever you find a wrapping point, Mark, we just wrap it up. We're about wrapped. So, go ahead. I got here in January, and uh, I would say be willing to, to accept people that you meet from other places, and maybe you can bring them here too. And one thing, my wife just kept meeting people, because that's what wives do. Right? They don't have a problem. So then whenever she'd say, hey, so-and-so said they'd have us over for dinner. Before, I'd have all kinds of reasons why. I'd uh, flat out, I'd say I didn't want to go. Why? I've got a dog. Why? I don't need to make any more friends. So you got to be willing to go with that. And then through those kinds of things, it's not as an awkward um, meeting kind of thing. And you might find that you got something in common. And, uh, and if the wives get together, then you might find that you're going to be meeting those guys anyway. So if something clicks, bring them in. That's good. I do want to say one other thing that you hit on. Don't be afraid to leave a group if you're just going, and I would say, bring this to God. Lord, am I not supposed to be here? Don't think that, you know what, no, I've just got to stick this thing out. Because as Manny said, there's going to be times where it's like, okay, is it here? Maybe not. Maybe I was supposed to go here to meet this guy because this is the group or whatnot. So, you know, don't hold on to it so tight that you have to be in this group. But seek the Lord, man. Because when you do find a good group, it, it is life-changing. So, all right, guys. Thanks. Thanks.